Vikings fan. All I said was, my name is Luke, and I like to party. <laughs> All right, welcome to the pod. Time to party. <laughs> <laughs> this is easily our worst intro. I don't know. We've had some pretty bad ones. <laughs> this one is top five, I'd say. Let's just say, for, Best the people out there, for the people out there listening, that is a niche movie reference. You know, if you know me too well, you probably know that, you know, partying's not on the top of my list. That's a lie. Mother, Luke has changed. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, guys, we had a crazy week in the Prem this week. Yes, we did. Paul, you want to tell us about it? Or I have it pulled up here. Do you want me to go ahead yeah. and just kind of go ahead and do detail everything that went on? But um, I'm going to preface this and say that I may be shouting at points in this pod. And that's just Fair. that just is what it is. So I warned you. Let's run through it real quick, Luke, and then All right. get to it. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start at the very beginning. Manchester United came away with the 2-0 win over Everton. They looked really good, created a ton of chances. And honestly, Paul and I were probably pretty lucky that Rashford did not have more points than he did. He just came away with an assist. No bonus points, which ended up really kind of working into our favor. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Villa 2-0 over Forced. Bullshit, Ollie Watkins goal. Yeah, that one. Kyle, you lucky <laughs> bastard. <laughs> and then we have Newcastle 2-1 to win over Brentford. Nice come-behind win for Brent for um, Newcastle there. It mm-hmm. looked like Brentford was dominating that game for a while, and then Newcastle just kind of turned the Jets on and found a way to turn it around and get three points, which is huge for them because that's their fifth win in a row. Can we talk about Anthony Gordon for a second? <laughs> Did you see the video? No, I have not. What are you What are you referring he to? He got subbed out, and he was pissed. He oh, went to the si- sideline, and Eddie Howe was right there, and Eddie Howe tried to shake his hand. He just pushed him off, and then Eddie Howe grabbed him and was like, what are you doing, son? And then he went and sat down, but it was it was a funny little clip. He got subbed on then subbed off, so that's that's an embarrassment. Right there. Tell me if I'm wrong. It might be purely based on appearance, but I feel like Anthony Gordon has strong Draco Malfoy vibes. <laughs> That's a great shout. That's a great shout. He right. is for sure a Slytherin through and through. He has that moody, broody, goblet mm-hmm. of fire energy to him. Oh, that okay. just you know it, it fits him very well. And I think he's a very fiery player. And Malfoy mm-hmm. was very fiery too. So maybe it's a good comparison. Dude, could you imagine if Connor Gallagher was on the same team with Anthony Gordon? We should do that. Track stars, dude. We should do that one day. Is go through and compare Premier League players to Harry Potter characters. Easy. That would be a fun, a fun, a fun Easy. episode there. Maybe let we could me, do that tell as a you, summer. Let pod. me tell you right now who Harry Potter is in the prom. No, 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 no. Let's not ruin it for the people. Fine. Give them something to look forward to. Fine. And just kind of put a little teaser out there and see if who you all think the comparisons for Harry Potter characters to Premier League players. Let us know what you think. Yeah. All right. What other games do we have this week? Luke? Um. Then we had West Ham with one nil over Fulham. Uh, kind of big relegation match there. We have Bournemouth 1-0 over Leicester, which was a huge relegation win for Bournemouth. James Madison got an assist. It didn't count because it was actually assisting Bournemouth. And it's his, You don't get it, FPL points for that. It would have been his first return since I've transferred him in, which probably is going to be my worst transfer of the entire season. Luke, he honey-dicked you. And I have... He did. 
did not feel good. <laughs> he honey dicked a lot of people, let's be honest. And it, it was not good. So I'll have him for two more game weeks, and then he is out of the team and probably not coming back in until he's wearing a different kit next season. Which he probably Which will is be. probably going to happen. Um, so then we had Tottenham Hotspur 2, Brighton and Hov Albion 1. This was a controversial... Action-packed, sorry for my fun crying. watch that we will get to shortly. And spoiler alert: this is the segment where Paul will be screaming and yelling. Yeah. So then we also had Wolves one nil over Chelsea with an amazing strike from Nunez. Um, he, I mean, he hit the ball as well as he possibly could on that goal, and Kepa just couldn't get to it. So um, and then we have. Man City utterly, utterly demolishing Southampton four to one. Erling Holland, Holland brace, um, just Grealish looking amazing as well. I'm glad we finally got just like a beautiful Holland goal because I think people forget how talented and how good he really is as a finisher. Like that that last yeah. finish. I mean, like people forget the goals he scored at Dortmund. I agree. And I the think reason that why he has so many easy goals at City as. Pretty yeah, easy because he's on he, such a good team. He just has just yeah, isn't and the right And if you space. have Kevin De Bruyne playing the ball into you, of course you're going to get tap-ins. And, I mean, the, those behind-the-line balls that he plays mm-hmm. over top of defenders where he can just tap it in, there's not very many people in the entire world that no. can make that pass. No, that's So it's just he, his skill set is not needed in the way it was at Dortmund, but he still has that in mm-hmm. his in his um, backpack. You know, he, he yep. can definitely unlock that any time. Uh, and Absolutely. then we have the flabbergasting five to one win from Crystal Palace over Leeds. That just the first half to the second half. I don't know if I've quite seen two teams look entirely different in two different halves. It's I, we we talked about this earlier, Luke. It's it's the let up of the goal going into the second half where they gave up a goal right. in the last like two mm-hmm. minutes, and then. I, I don't know what happened when they went to the dressing room, but something fell apart while they were in there. I don't and, know. It was and also just... Crystal Palace, they they did something too because I mean, they... they they looked they looked like a completely different team in the first in the second half. At the moment, bringing Roy Hodgkins in, or Hodgkins and they he's looking like the best manager appointment of the season so far. You know, um... of all these teams that have brought in managers. That's a huge six points they've got since he's been there. Yeah, and I mean, frankly, nine. I mean, nine Nine goals in two games with this Crystal Palace team is utterly yeah, stupid. Yeah, that's insane. So it, it's something we have to think about. Maybe there's some FBL potential there because they're a lot more free-flowing, a lot more forward-thinking. I have thoughts on that. And we'll get to it later, apparently. Um, so last match of the week, we have the thriller at Anfield um, between Liverpool and Arsenal, a 2-2 to two draw. Massive implications for FPL players, but also just for mm-hmm. the Premier League as a whole. I think we can see now that City, there's a crack. Let's see if City can take advantage of it. Yeah, Because, for one, City have a game in hand. Two, City and Arsenal play in game week, I believe it's 33. Yeah, it's 33. So that is definitely something to look forward to. And if you are a Premier League fan, do not miss that one. Yeah, that's that's calling out of work level right there. Yeah, those those eyes need to be glued to those TVs for that one because it's going to be a special matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, that um, this game today was a special match too. 
It was Liverpool yeah. and, like at at Anfield. That's just that's such a great atmosphere to see that. I mean, I I would speculate this is just me. If that game occurs at the Emirates, Arsenal will probably run away with that two 0 win, and it, it it probably it would probably blow up to like maybe four one four two, but I I don't see a world in which Liverpool does that on the road. It would also be nice to see an Arsenal clean sheet sometime soon. Never, but that, Ramsdale was awesome today. He was he was incredible, and we all know I'm the biggest Matty T fan out there, and you know. I'll give him his flowers. He was he was phenomenal today. He definitely saved them a point. And looking, I mean, Salah definitely also might have saved Arsenal a point. And in the long run, that could be the difference between them winning the title or not. Yeah, kidding me. So maybe we'll look back on that and say that Salah gave Arsenal the title. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, my God. Uh, uh. Um, okay, well, I think that's going to wrap up our wrap-up of the weekend. <laughs> Uh, so wrap up of the wrap up while exactly. we eat wraps and listen to some yes. raps. We rap here a lot, apparently. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Yes. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Top Pins with Twins. Yep. This is Luke here. We're going to do a little overview of how Game Week 30 treated us. Mm-hmm. So for Game Week 30, I ended up on 56 total points. Bang on average. Which was two over the average of 54. And honestly, it was a, such a bad week for me. I got I got contributions from De Gea, okay. Sully Marsh, Kane, and Holland, and that was it. I did Captain Holland, so that saved my week realistically. But everyone just, I mean, McAllister could have had a pen. Paul will talk about that shortly. Hmm. Um, Castagna had his clean sheet wiped out by his fellow teammate, James Madison, passing the ball to Bournemouth for a pretty much tap in, um, Kai Havertz, once again, XG merchant who is unable to finish or put anything in the back of the net and then Sully Marsh, you know, a couple more assists. I think he could have possibly had maybe a goal as well in there. Very frustrating week for me. Um, but all in all, I can cover from it and, you know, kind of staying afloat for the time being. Um, my overall rank right now is 2.4 million. And I still have my free hit, triple captain, and wild card to be played. So all of those, um, I'm options. hoping to see some massive rank gains with those. That go in my My plans are going to go a little, you know, um, alternative to the stereotypical stereotypical chips usage that you know yeah. we're seeing on Twitter and everything, and from um, FPL content creators. So maybe that can make a big difference for me. Um, and maybe we can dive into that later. I won't talk about it right now. But um, let's move on to you, Paul. How was your week for FPL? Um, it was terrible. Okay, do you want to tell us why? So, uh, without copyright. I would totally be playing Hello Darkness, my old friend in the background of this. Do you want me to sing this it? a little montage. Yeah, sure. I would love for you to sing on our podcast. Like, oh, sorry. Awesome. No, wait. Ah, dang. I forgot to take yeah. singing lessons yesterday okay. or I would otherwise. Hey. All right. All right. I'm calling the ISO, Luke. This is going to get bad. I will be here to check you if it gets too bad, but <laughs> please proceed. 
We're going to start at the Brighton and Tottenham game. And to set the scene, me and Luke are sitting in my room watching it. And say about, I think it was nine minutes into the game, I see McAllister, you lovely Argentinian. He's sitting there at the top of the box. Matoma's making a run. Plays it into him. Beautiful ball, right? Beautiful. Matoma takes it down. Finishes in two touches. One touch off his shoulder. Off his shoulder. Off his shoulder. And then proceeds to finish beautifully right past the keeper. And Mm -hmm. so naturally I'm like, holy fuck, this is awesome. Both midfielders I started. Goal and assist. How often does that even happen from two players? Not often. Especially from a midfielder to a midfielder. And then Luke says, after I'm celebrating for about 20 seconds, Luke says, I think they're calling it back for a handball. It wasn't my call. It wasn't Luke's fault. I'm not blaming him at all. I just got brought back to reality. And then we see a replay of Matoma literally take the ball in from his. It was his shoulder. Let's. Okay. So to clarify, it was his shoulder. I think the technicality here that was used is that general consensus consensus is that the, the shirt, shirt sleeve the shirt line so the sleeve where the shirt ends is considered if it the ball hits upwards it is usually considered good and not a handball and he pretty clearly in the video hits it definitely above that line and almost more so kind of more in like the like pectoral to he, armpit so area so it 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 was questionably maybe the very very top of where his arm meets his shoulder so nowhere near where the shirt stop stops that's the beginning the ball he takes it down finishes from there whatever it happens okay they missed one on var i understand stuff happens but that's the point of var it shouldn't be missed but okay they missed one whatever and then we go to the second half i'm not even going to talk about the other half ones we're just going to talk about the two main ones matoma is in the literal fucking box running and then he gets stepped on. His whole entire foot got destroyed by somebody. He falls down. And we I'm like, "Oh, that was that was weird. Maybe he got stepped on there." And then they show a replay and his whole foot is trotted on. And then wait, VAR's looking at it, and then VAR decides not to give anything. It's it's highly questionable. I'm sure all of you all have seen the video at this point. But for for this not to be given, we knew instantly that the governing body for referees, PGMOL, that they were going to be coming out and saying this is the wrong Which call. Which is absolute bullshit. Because if you look at this, at Brighton would have been at 49 points on the table and Spurs would have been at 50. Do you know how much that means to a team like Brighton trying to get to European competition? If they, if they get to European competition, that sets them up for years with the amount of money they can make. Exactly. And, and I think, stupid decisions like this because the Premier League referees are terrible at their job. is un, it's, it's unacceptable. It's solely fucking unacceptable. And I think this is another point I wanted to highlight, too, is whenever we're listening to the commentary on the match, even the people who are commentating, the you know announcers, he's going as far as saying everything but... This is match fixing. It's it literally, and I don't even I don't think to me it's not Spurs. It's not anything. It's literally just the Premier League saying we want our top five to stay up. 
in the top five and have them in European competitions. And they don't want the, the mid-table boys swinging with the big boys, which is, oh, my God. I don't know if I personally believe in, believe in the systemic corruption that you're insinuating, Paul. I think it, it, it's I mean, easy to see that. It's watch easy to matches. see that at times, perhaps. But I think the issue here is that VAR referees are... I mean, how how can you look at this, have the time to review the footage, and then say, this is not a penalty? When he clearly steps There's on his no foot... Way. There, it just seems like an inherent bias, and it, it's it's very frustrating. Like for example, right over since um, we've come back from the international break, Brighton have played three matches. They sh- their expected points from those three matches is seven point two one. They've come away with four points. Yeah, because they get they get screwed. They've every had time. they've had the highest xG. In the entire league since the, since we've come back from the international break. And they have nothing to show for that. And that push that they're put making for Europe, this is going to be an inherently really difficult um, task to overcome. It, it's going to be very difficult on them. And giving those three points to Tottenham, their main competition they're trying to yeah. catch, it's going to be it's, it's going to be backbreaking, I, I worry. It really is scandalous. I mean, I've... Both of us have spent a lot of time watching Brighton, and they play lovely football. They move, they move as a cohesive unit so well. They attack. They're daring. Like they, they go on the front foot, and they put themselves out there, and they just play beautiful, expansive football. And this is what they get for doing that. They get fucked over by far all the time. It's yeah, it's, it's not it's, fair. It's, it's really not. It's absolute garbage. And we could always go back to you know. The Sully Marsh goal that was not given by FPL. Well, there's I mean, so many on, things. That's, that, that's that's a different argument. There's so many things, though, right? I think that Brighton, um, you know, they they've suffered a lot this season, but they've had a very joyful season, right? And I think this is they just have. a shadow that is overcasting that. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem fair, but unfortunately, it just it is what it is at this point. And so there's not there's nothing that can be done, except for you know they go out there. And they continue to get results. And now they just they have to get those results in order to compete well, for Europe. So, Luke, I think the main issue I have with this is if you see teams that punch above their weight trying to get into European competitions, they have such a small little window because most of these clubs have talismans that they're going to move on soon. The coach is going to move up. Like, let's look at Leicester. For three years straight, they almost qualified for European competitions. If they make it to even the Europa League, instead of Chelsea for one of those years or Champions League, they are nowhere near the position they're in now. And yes, obviously, they do a terrible job of investing some of the money they've already had. But, I mean, it's to me, it's just it's so disappointing. It's, it's so disheartening. With I this think, league that we love so much and to see this shit happening. Right. But I also think that that point is a bit theoretical a little bit too. Right. For example, look at West Ham. They are currently still in Europe. But they have not allocated those funds in a proper way to where they're developing young talent. And, I mean, they're in a relegation battle right now. Yeah. You know, so in, in no way, what I'm trying to say is in no way do, do those funds necessitate that you're going to continue to, to succeed. But they also they, allow... They do you, help a lot. If If you have the ability and get that money, that can completely change your club for the next 15 years. 
Yeah, I know. I, I completely it easily agree. can if you do it the right way. I understand what you're saying. Like there's we're not saying that's gonna turn them into a top four power for the next ten years in the Premier League. That's probably not gonna happen. But it can give you seven more years of chances, you know? Rather Agreed. than going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It definitely can. Um, so I, I know it's, I agree with you. It's very frustrating, especially from an FPL owner perspective. There's a lot of things there that are out of our control. We pick our players, hope they're in the right positions. And then it's out of our hands at that point. And to me, that's not even an FPL discourse. Like it's really just a premier league discourse where I guess an FPL owner, obviously I'm pissed off about it. And it, it is what it is at this point. Like it's not changing. But it's just something that we shouldn't have to deal with in this game. And it feels like it happens like every other week, too. Like, Yeah, I I do. I don't know. There's just so many things from this match. Like, we're not even touching on yeah, you we, know, the top yeah. five. I mean, we are touching the top ones. But there's a list of, like, ten other things that happen that, you know, were suspect or questionable about <laughs> we how We haven't rough. even talked about the two coaches getting red cards and getting sent off and almost Which fighting. is crazy, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's insane. I imagine stupid. they probably met in the um, training room and just, you know, had a nice little nice little fuck about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, so I'm going to jump back to my FPL team real quick. And yeah, let's wrap, let's wrap up. on that. Yeah. Um, so I had 46 points this week, and I did the math. If if I get the Matoma and McAllister first goal and assist, and then the PK and the goal afterwards, that's upwards of probably 24 points going into my team without bonus points. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes a big difference this week. there. And then we also have the little caveat, too, of if Mo Salah decided to not be Mo Salah today, I would also I could have he could have literally had four goals and one assist today. He could have, but I think as we've talked about most of all, you just you can't really count on him to be consistent at you, the moment. You can't, but I mean like I I think a lot of those opportunities he had today, those are pretty clear cut chances. I mean, especially the pen. The pen's inexcusable. I I don't care what the situation is, put the ball in frame. Put it on frame. Second time this month, you haven't put the ball on goal. He's off pins, so I don't yeah. know what we're going to do about that FPL asset. Is he guaranteed to be off pins? Was that said by Klopp? He didn't say it, but I mean, how how could you have him take pins now? Yeah, I'm just those trying are, to those think are big who points you're dropping. do you have that would come in and take the pins for him? Maybe I, uh, I trust guess one of my Brazilians. I imagine Firmino would be really good with pins, but at the same time... Um, Maybe, it, maybe he's Allison. not playing much. Allison strikes the ball well, right? <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. Cheeky, uh, Major FPL asset there. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But um, I don't think I have anything else I need to say, Luke. I think I've vented enough. That's good. I hope that you feel better afterwards. Um, let, let some of that emotion out. And, you know, we love to see that emotion, you know, channeled in the best yeah. possible way there. So let's put a pin on this segment and then we'll come back and kind of um, talk about some players that we're looking at for the upcoming weeks. All right. Welcome back to Top Ends with Twins. Ah, my foot's asleep. Dude, what are you? Why, why do people care about that? They, it just hurts. Sorry. Keep going. Dude, I had a great intro plan. And you just ruined it. All right. We're going to do buy or sell. Thanks, Luke. Sorry. <laughs> Who's your first buy of the week? My first buy of the week is Gabriel Martinelli. Damn it, you bastard. 
was he on your list? I can I can I can work with this. I go ahead. Okay, so the reason why I pick Martinelli for my highlighted first buy of the week is that Martinelli has been one of the top performers since we've come back from the international window. He's been awesome. He's um, been great. He has one goal and two assists during that time. Um, he has an XG of 0.74, which is mm-hmm. non-penalty XG because, you know, he's not on pins. And then he has an expected assist of 1.31. And that is, you know, the combination of his potential XG and XA together mm-hmm. are immense, right? Like it's one of the top in the league since the international um, break. So I think he's he's a prime candidate. The next two fixtures that Arsenal have against West Ham and Southampton, amazing choices to have him for. Um, I think that if you could double up in the midfield between him and Saka at this point, you would cover a lot of your bases. Yeah. And I feel like if both, if either one of them are healthy, they're going to be locked on in the starting 11. Just mm-hmm. with the way they're performing, there was some rotation risk. I think they're worried for Martinelli yeah. for a little while, but he has shown that he's he's you know an excellent he's instrumental. Form. He's really and instrumental in Arsenal attack. The way he plays, it's just, I mean, he, he's a fun FPL asset. He's, dude, he's own fearless. He really is. He's an excellent um, FPL option going forward. Ooh, um, uh, but it is important to note, though, that after West Ham and Southampton, Arsenal have City, Chelsea, Newcastle, and then Brighton. And that is a really difficult run of four fixtures. So I kind of wonder in the future if we're going to see people moving away from this triple Arsenal. Maybe having one or two so they can cover their bases and everything. But if Arsenal is going to falter, it's going to be now. This no, not Maybe not the next two, on. but over the next six, we might see them falter if they're going to. Possibly. We'll just see what happens. But that'll conclude my first bye of the week. Paul, let's hand it back over to you, and you go ahead and do your first one. Well, we're going to walk down the same lane, and I, my shout is Gabriel Jesus. That's a good one. That's a good one. I I, th- I would have to agree. Um, so this man has he had twelve points against Leeds, seven points against Liverpool today. I mean, he's had an xG of point nine five today against Liverpool, which he looked he looks like he was just in dangerous positions all game, and he does he does so much for them in their attack. Like he's he's essentially what's a good analogy for him? He's like he just kind of like water. Like he just kind of flows to wherever he has to, but he's always dangerous wherever he's at. I would make the comparison, and this is going to be a bit of a stretch, but hear me out. I would say he's the Draymond Green of of Arsenal in that way that I think he's so important to everything he does. He ties everything together, and without him, there's a gaping hole there. Yeah. So I think, you know, that, that might be an interesting shout for you people out there who, you know, follow the NBA let us know if you think if you agree with that, Paul. Do you do you agree? You think that's fair um, comparison? I, I, I like the tying the team together and knitting it together. I agree with that aspect, but of course, I mean, he does offensively a lot more than Draymond Green does. Yeah, you and I saying? think like, the comparison there like is that just like the team aspect. Yes, he's he brings a lot of energy, a lot of fight to this Arsenal team, which is something they need. Right, but. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say there is. Yeah, yeah Draymond yeah. Green's instrumental to both sides of the ball defensively more, 
Mm-hmm. And he Jesus does do is a more lot, yeah. in, more instrumental to an offensive side, but it's in the way that they are instrumental to their teams. Yeah, I think no, that's I where the comparison is. Right, I, just to I, clarify I, that, I see what you're saying. He does. He plays out everywhere. I th- he's he's a good option. I think he's a really good option. I mean, you you are right about the the first two games, West Ham and Southampton. Those are perfect games, really, to target for Arsenal attackers. But the next four, I, I really still think we're going to get returns from Arsenal attackers. If we've seen anything, they're going to score goals. And they may leak some goals at the back, too. But against those teams, I mean, if you look at City, I feel like City is wel- welcoming goals coming their way. I feel like Chelsea is not going to even still have an identity by the time they play. Who else do we have? They have Newcastle. I mean, that one is away. And then against Brighton, I mean, we know what Brighton's like. They're they like we talked about. They play beautiful football, but they also give up goals too. That one's going to be that's that gonna be one will be a fun, a game. fun watch. Yeah, you know that is that's a, Sunday, that's a little far game. off um, from now, but mm-hmm. I will be looking forward to that one. I will have my popcorn ready for that one and a beer yeah. in hand as well. So yeah, that's it'll be, be fun, fun to watch that one. That'll be a good one. Um, we'll have to go to a pub, Luke, and we are in. And I guess we'll be in Edinburgh at that point, but whenever City and Arsenal play on yeah, that Wednesday, we mm-hmm. we're going to have to watch that bad boy. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, if we've got any listeners over there on the other side of the pond that would like to meet up or anything, please reach out to us. Let us know. Okay, give us recommendations. Um, even if you have just you know some recommendations on what to do or where to watch matches, um, please, please let us know. We'd love to, love to hear from you on that. Yeah. All right, Luke, so who's your second buy of the week? My second buy of the week is going to be... None other than Dominique Slinky. Oh, you you love these Bournemouth options right here. I do, and so the reason why I say this is that Slinky has, um, since the international restart, he has led the Premier League in XG. Mm-hmm. His XG of two point nine, um, and through that over those three matches, he only has one goal. But I mean, two point nine, he's averaging almost. Um, an XG of one per game. And so that, I mean, that's really hard to pass up on the issue being that there's so many good forward options right now. Yeah. I think that what I'm suggesting here is that if we say, see Ollie Watkins or Harry Kane go through a rough couple of weeks, Solanke could be a really great differential option. Mm -hmm. So this is also something that's a shout out for the people looking to, you know, make up, um, Make up rank draft. gain in their leagues. Um, so overall the rank. differential. Differential, yes. Paul, don't get too excited. <laughs> um, but you know, all of this I think he's a great shout for that. Um, so yeah, let's let's leave that. No, there's not not much of an XA potential from him, but the XG yeah. option is really appealing. And Bournemouth have probably the best run of fixtures over the remainder of the season, so Someone to keep an eye on. Um, maybe, you know, if you're building out those draft teams or a wildcard team, someone to consider, you know, because he is relatively cheap too as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be my second buy of the week. Paul, let's pass it over to you. All right. Well, my second buy of the week is um, he's a wild card. We never know what he's going to do. And it is Darwin Nunes. Oh, wow. Talk about an XG merchant right there. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. guy, he. <laughs> He broke my heart today whenever he didn't finish Saul's perfect ball to him on the break. Along with all of the City fans as well. Yeah, he that, that should have been a goal. But 
to me at this point, like I've talked about in the pod, especially after this week, <laughs> I really have set myself far back in, the, in our mini league. And if something's going to happen, it's got to be from differentials. And I think Darwin Nunes is a pretty good shot for that. I mean, he has the ability. We've seen it. He gets himself in great positions. And we'll we'll just have to play it out. But, I mean, I mean, if you look at their schedule, they play Leeds, Forest, West Ham, Spurs, and Fulham in a double. I mean, that that's a great run for an attacker to see in front of them. And I think if he gets – if he's the kind of player where if he gets one goal in early, you could see a hat trick. You could see yeah. you could see an explosion. Mm-hmm. And I'm also trying – actually, I won't, I won't touch on that because we we're going to do sales later on. But I, I think for a differential option, he's not a terrible shout. I think my main concern with Nunez is the minutes concern. Yeah, that, that, that's possible. Right, because you see that Liverpool are lining up with Salah, Gakpo, and then Jada. And that's how they lined up today. You never know, but there's what six, maybe maybe even seven viable options that could play in those three positions. Yeah, and I just Salah's pretty nailed on. Um, yeah, no, he and is. And it seems Gakbo is as well. But I, I just I fear the rotation with Liverpool. That's the this main attacking true. concern for me. This is a good discourse. I mean, it is. Um, but do you want me to do? Do you want me to do my final buy, or do you have any other points you want to make on him, Paul? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. Well, um, my final buy of the week. I actually think that someone a cheeky differential to look at, with the way that Crystal Palace has been playing lately, is going to be Michael Elise, who had three assists today against Leeds. Looked really like the catalyst for. Making everything go for, for them. one half, yeah. So it's one an half. extreme, let's, let's extreme that. differential. Someone that I personally am not looking for that much of a differential, but if you're just really struggling trying to find that right fit, and you think that maybe Crystal Palace is someone somewhere that you can really kind of have a lot of massive ranking, and let's be honest, if you have someone from Crystal Palace and they put in the result that he did. That's going to be a huge, huge differential for you. Yeah. So maybe for some of you managers out there, Elise is a really good option. I mean, his XA today was 1.54 and ended up with three assists. Yeah, That's an amazing performance, and maybe he can carry that over in the next upcoming weeks. Um, and Crystal Palace are still going to be pushing. By no means are they out of the relegation fight. So um, you'll expect to continue to see them you know, pushing for results and Maybe he'll be the catalyst behind those results. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout there, Luis. Do you have your um, third buy of the week, Paul? Um, honestly, I'm with midfielders. <laughs> I just don't know where to go from here. That's kind of what I've been looking at, trying to find because my front three is pretty set in stone. I honestly, for me, I think. Kevin De Bruyne is not a terrible idea. The only problem we have here is the blank game week. Right. That, that is going to be a huge issue it's, for it's FPL a managers. It's block. Right. Because something we have to be aware of. We, Holland and Grealish were one of the two main assets brought in this week. And both, you know, they really, um, I don't know, they just, for owners that brought them in, they were rewarded for bringing them in big time. Mm-hmm. So, the interesting thing here will be to see how owners are going to manage to deal with that. I imagine a lot of people are just going to free hit in 32 
So yeah. not too concerned about that. So I, I do expect to see people continuing to bring in city assets. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a free hit, then you're in a really difficult spot. I mean, so if we look at their run of fixtures, they play Leicester in 31, then they blink in 32. And then we have the Arsenal matchup, which is difficult, of course. But then we see Fulham, West Ham, Leeds, Everton, Chelsea, Brentford, and Brighton. Which, I mean, I think that Brighton game is going to slot into, is it, I think it's 36. I, I, I think, think so. Keep going. And according I'll to know. Ben Crillon's schedule. Yeah, he actually he has them in 37 playing Brighton. Which yes. I think City assets, as we always talk about, Pep Roulette's problem. But, I mean, we, you know there's going to be goals out there. It's just finding the goals. And De Bruyne is always involved somehow. So I don't think we can yeah. go wrong with him as an FPL asset. Agreed. The only problem is the amount of money he takes up. Yeah, I, it, it would give be, and take, you know. It would be interesting to do a deep dive on Holland's past XG in matches that they played. So as in like looking at for triple captaincy, right? Mm-hmm. So in 34, City double against... Um, they play Fulham and West Ham, Fulham yeah. away and then West Ham at home. And then 37, they would double again against um, Chelsea and Brighton. And that would be Chelsea at home at the Etihad or empty hat, I should say. <laughs> um, and then away to Brighton. So a comparison of those XGs would be really interesting. Um, yeah. It's possible that maybe he's accumulated more XG against Chelsea and Brighton than he has against West Ham and... yeah. Um, Fulham. So I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on because that would be a major differential to triple captain him in 37 as opposed yeah. to 34. Mm-hmm. And I think we do worry about a lot of rotation in 34 as well. So yeah. maybe there's a shout there for triple captaining in 37. It's not a bad option. I don't know. Something to think, you know, food for thought. But um, do we want to move on to sales of the week, Paul? Yeah, let's run through this one. Let's um, I'll let's just do three straight up. So I'll do one, you do two, and I'll do the third. What? That math does not work, Luke. No, no, no. That's right. I'm saying I do the first one, you do the second, I'll do the third. Okay, that, I was about to say that 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 adds Major, up to four, sir. Sorry, um, that's the Kentucky math. A lot of activity, but no movement, <laughs> <laughs> no motion. But it's fine. It's, fine. it's okay. It's Corning okay. that one. Um, okay, so my number one sell of the week is going to be none other than Marcus Rashford. Oh, let's hear it. I mean, injuries. The reason why I think this is him pulling up, that is a terrible sign for him upcoming. I think it's going to probably damper his current form, which incredible form. This is not a form-based judgment. He has been one of the top performers in the Premier League this season. Yeah. And frankly, I don't like watching United, but I really enjoy watching him play. You know, yeah. he, he plays He's with a special player. He is. He is. Um, but so I just worry that a, the injury B United are growing to be blanking in 32. So mm-hmm. I think now if you can hop off the boat, get him out of your team and replace him with someone else, similar to maybe even Grealish. For a weak shout, and then you know if you're going to free hit in 32, Grealish, you don't have to worry about it. Grealish also blanks too, so right. But you would bring him in for you would bring him in for a really nice matchup. Yeah. Um, whenever they play Leicester next, and that could be, you know, that could be something to take advantage of. Um. So there's yeah. lots of other cheeky little midfielders that you could bring in for him as well. But yeah. that, that's my first sell of the week. All right, my first sell of the week is Havertz or any Chelsea attacker. Yeah, you don't have to tell me about that. 
Yeah, I'm, I think I'm I think Havertz, talking to you and myself. Luke. I think Havertz is the new XG merchant. Frankly, I, I mean he gets in great positions and he has like like what was that? What was the ball that Enzo played to him and he just chipped it over the goalkeeper? Which one? Which one? What game was that? I think that was Leicester. I think it was Leicester too. But I mean he has moments like that where you're like, holy shit, this dude is amazing. And you see flashes of the player that he looked like in the Bundesliga. But then there's also he disappears for ten matches in a row too, so you just never know what you're going to get. It's been I think life's been difficult for him at Chelsea, and I think he's just settling in. So I'm not limiting what he can do or his or the ceiling of what he could possibly be as a player. I mean he's still extremely young, and I I really I really am a fan of Havertz. I will love watching him play, but I, he just doesn't have the consistency at this point. Consistency at this point that we need it, as FPL managers. It's been really frustrating. I brought him in for. Everton, whenever, and then that was the match that Felix scored, and then Havertz scored as well on the penalty. So I got eight points from him there. But then for the past three weeks since then, he's okay. blanked every time, and it's he's accumulated an XG of um, two point two. You know, you would like, and some of the chances have just been like he just can't find the back of the net. I don't know what he's, it is. Dude, he gets so unlucky. I really I just, I feel for him. And then I he really has do. a couple ruled off or offsides that are just so frustrating as well. A couple penalty mm-hmm. shouts that maybe could have been given and they, they didn't get it. So I, yeah. you know, he's been very unlucky, but I think as an FPL asset, I'm, I've been burned one too many times. So okay. I'll be moving off him as soon as I can. All right, what's your sell, Luke? Um, my other sell of the week is going to be, I don't quite know, frankly. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, if Paul, you, Paul, in. if you have one, let's go ahead and hand it over to you. Yeah, I think if we have Arsenal defense at this point, they got to go. Are if you we, speaking to me yet again here? I'm, I, honestly, when I say these things, I'm talking to both of us because we both have a Chelsea attack. We both have Arsenal defense. I mean, they're they're run of fixtures. They play West Ham. That's okay. Southampton. That's okay. So sometime in the future, I'm saying in the horizon, but then they play Man City, Chelsea, Newcastle and Brighton. And those four games which for a team that always leaks goals in the dumbest ways for Arsenal. And it's not even a thing where they leak like important goals, they just leak goals that are going to kill your clean sheets against when they're up like 4-0 and then they do something dumb in the back or something something just always happens where the clean sheet doesn't 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 come through. My counter to that though is it feels like all of these teams that we've looked at for clean sheets Every single time in the past two or three weeks, they've all been leaking dumb goals. Yeah. So you look at Arsenal, look at Newcastle. I mean, even City this week, they give up a, you know, it was a well-worked goal by Southampton, but like you feel like they could have gotten a clean sheet out of that match. So yeah. I, just, I don't know where we look for the clean sheets. That's my uh, thing. Right? I, one of the, it may just be smarter as managers at this point, to stay with the defense we have as long as we think they're somewhat sound. And that that's kind of what I'm and arguing. And then going for a full, fully for attackers and not even wasting a transfer on a defender. I think the, so ma- the, point, the like, main issue that I have with the way my team is set up currently is I have two Arsenal defenders, and that's just limiting my creativity with their attackers. So yeah. freeing up that spot to get another Arsenal attacker into my team I think that's the most important thing about getting rid of double Arsenal defense for me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, yeah. So um, I guess that'll kind of wrap up buy and sell for us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to pivot into a little bit of like a chip strategy here and kind of see what you're thinking going forward, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have a lot less to offer here because I only have my free hit and my triple captain left. Okay, do we want to do you want to tell us kind of what you're thinking yeah, and I'll go into I'll what just, I'm thinking? I'll just go real quick. Um, so I'm not going to free hit in 32. I'm just going to try to transfer in a couple people this week, next week. Do you know how many players you have for 32 currently? Um, I can't tell you right now. I don't have that wrote down and I don't want to look through well, all my players. Okay. But I, I should be able to fill probably 10 or 11 right now. And with okay. transfers, I'll easily right. be able to fill 10 or 11. Yeah, that's good. And so 32, I'm going to leave that week alone. Just let whatever happens, happens. Probably end up 8.8 million like I am again. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and then something. in 34, I will free hit to maximize those doubles because honestly, in 29, it was so fun to have so many doubles. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so enjoyable as an FPL manager to be like, all right, this guy didn't perform, but he's got another game this week. <laughs> or or you see somebody perform in the first game, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to get yeah. massive returns from this. So I think I'm going to free hit in 34, kind of just have fun with that. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, probably 36 to 37, I'll target one of the biggest FPL assets, Erling Holland, and throw my triple captain on him. Okay, very good. I, Most likely. It would be an interesting shout to just save your triple captain for the last game week. If we go down to the very end for a title race, I would not be shocked to see Holland with bagging, you know, getting a hat trick, maybe even going for four. You just well, th- so, There's going to be a game between now and then where he goes for at least a hat trick. And if you triple captain on that week, you're you're looking good. So, Luke, it's funny you say that. Man City has Brentford the very last game of the year, and Arsenal has Wolves. So if you look at that, you could have a cheeky little Erling Holland shout or Saka, or maybe Martinelli. The way things are going, yeah, maybe. I mean, for for the XG currently, I mean Martinelli's looking like the hot, you know, hot commodity there. You know, I will say I'm not a betting man, but looking at Arsenal and Brighton in match week 36, if mm-hmm. I were gonna bet, I would take the over on goals for that game, and I'd put. This is not advice on that, but that, that this is not betting advice. This is not Please do not or listen. financial advice. Don't say it, don't take it that way. But I'm just saying, you know, if if I were going to ever place a bet on a soccer match, I probably would better place a bet on that one. For Interesting. The over. Okay. Well, that that's good to know for sure. Yeah. All right, Luke. Let's um let's hear your chip strategy. Okay. So I still have my free hit, triple captain, and wild card all still available. Um, so I options. have to be very strategic about how they use, how I use them in the best way possible to maximize their ability. So what I'm currently thinking is that I'm going to roll a transfer this week, go into 32 with tr- two free transfers. At that point, I'll be able to get in um, enough to have a starting 11. I would also mm-hmm. be starting Gibbs White, who's been even worse transfer than Woeful. Madison. <laughs> He's been I just, awful for he you. He's been an XA merchant with no goal contributions in I don't even know how long it's been. I feel like I'm just out in the Sahara with no water. Yeah. It's, it's insanely frustrating. Yeah. But coming back to my point, so I think I will be targeting 32, get 11 players out there, have a good week, and I can kind of frankly just go all out for that one week, which is really nice. And that's why I want to roll my transfer so that if any injuries occur or anything, I can target those and maybe take a negative four, but I'd prefer not to take a points hit just, you know, for the sake of, you know, my points totals here. Mm-hmm. Um, but after getting through that, I think what I'm going to do is wild card in 33. 
right? Yeah. Um, and what I would be doing then is bringing in those players for 33, but also making sure I have 11 doublers available for 34. So I would be able to maximize that. And by wild carding in 33, I can use my triple captain in 34 on Holland if I want to. Yeah. Um, I that, do worry. That may be the better matchup. I, I mean, do. Full of my stamp. Right. And I'm going to have to really dive into the numbers to see what I think about it. And also the eye test, if Pep's rotating or not. You know, there's a lot of variables here. Yeah. So I will be looking to triple captain in 34 with the option of leaning back on 37 um, for a triple captain or maybe even somewhere. And, you know, Marcus Rashford could maybe be a shout for a triple captain in 34 as well. This is that, true. That did play out really well for managers early on in the season and then up with like 60 points or so. I mean, that's yeah. that's incredible. Um, Jerry. But I think then what I will do is after that, probably in – 37 depending on when i triple captain i'm probably gonna free hit that week yeah so that i can get another round sense. of loading up on doublers and um, really trying to maximize that chip usage it might be kind of fun honestly if i just save my free hit for 38 and just free hit the best possible team in the last week so that's something else i'm considering i heard someone say that they always save their bench boost for the very last um, match week of the of the season, and then yeah. they kind of find that you know it's a fun way to kind of build way your way into the very end of the season. That makes sense. Um, so maybe I would think about free hitting in thirty eight, but I'm not too worried about thirty two. If I can you know get a starting eleven out there, then I'm happy to go into the remainder of the season and just focus on that chip usage and yeah. really try to maximize it to the best of my ability. Well, I think that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah. Um, Things could change easily. You never oh, know. They um, always do. They always do, Luke. Yeah. City's got a lot of matchups coming up, so um, there's a lot to keep an eye on there. All right. Well, in tradition with our pod, I had a red arrow this week. And I think to wrap the pod, we want to do a punishment for me, and then we're going to say good night. Yes, that, that is an excellent idea. Um, so in the past, we've done a couple you know, different challenges here. Um, so I think what I want you to talk about today, Paul, is I want you to explain to our listeners. Um, do you have one? <laughs> okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be fun. I, d- I do have one. In under 30 seconds, you have to summarize why someone should invest in AMC. <laughs> This, this is, is going to be so difficult for him. This okay. is not even a punishment. <laughs> I'm so it, excited. Maybe it's a punishment for our listeners. <laughs> okay, just just before we do this, I want you all to imagine the, what is it, Always Sunny in Philly, the meme of the guy with the, <laughs> the whole wall. That's what my room looks like in case you all were worried right now. It does not, but um, I think spiritually it does. Spiritually, yes. <laughs> Okay, so, Paul, you're going to have 30 seconds as soon as I tell you. And as soon as the 30 seconds hit, you're done. I'm cutting you off, so you have to be hit the points exactly Uh-oh. and go from there. So you are starting now. Okay, 20, 2020, the Fed gave out a ton of money, pushed money in the economy. Hedge funds took that money, shorted stocks they shouldn't, got in way too deep, and now you have the best chance to make the most money you've ever made in your lifetime. And you know what? It's possible the market's very rigged. We don't know what's going to happen. But invest in AMC. You never know. Throw 
we're we're a low share price right now. Throw some money in there, maybe a hundred dollars. See what happens. This baby could run to a hundred k per share. It's very possible. But I'm also cr- a little crazy too. And All right, time up. And let's please make sure everyone knows not that this advice. is not financial advice. It is a personal opinion of one of our podcast hosts that he believes in, and he is not suggesting that you invest your money in any but way. But the markets are complete sharing. fraud, so you know. He is purely sharing his opinion on the topic. So that is that. That was a good pun. That was a good um, look. I like and that. hopefully, I hope you found that difficult to <laughs> wrap everything up in I 30 seconds. I thought it was pretty there. concise. You did a good job. That I think pretty you did concise. a good job. Um, but, Paul, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Yeah. Um, guys, let's stay level. <laughs> let's let's stay at a good equilibrium with FPL. Stay low. Okay. I, I, think, I think this week I got a little too into it. Not necessarily the pod, but, like, my um, I've, yesterday I was pretty tore up over the Brighton game. I'm not going to lie. You if did you take, follow, like, a four-hour nap. <laughs> I, took a, I was also hungover, too, so maybe it was partly that. <laughs> maybe mix of both. But, like. Let's just stay level with it. We got eight, eight, eight match weeks left. Let's just have fun, especially for those of us like we're just kind of riding out in the sunset. We know we're not going to win our mini leagues, which I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to win, but the odds aren't great. So, I mean, let's just let's just have fun. Let's try to find some differentials and do some fun things and prepare. Honestly, just just prepare for next year a little bit. You know, I agree. I try mean, to learn as much know, as we can. In integrating some differentials is important. But also as well, you know, make those sound choices. I feel like where we get in trouble is trying to make these massive big calls that, you know, it's difficult because we say, oh, this is possible. But the likelihood of it playing out is not very high. So, um, yeah, yeah. but thank you guys for listening this week. It's been a really good episode and we look forward to hearing from you reach out to us if you have any questions and honestly just hope you guys have a really great week yeah keep eyes out for our instagram reel dropping this week oh it'll be fun maybe two maybe two maybe some top bins in there we'll see top bins with twins we'll see you later (laughs) thanks